0: Welcome, uh, everybody. Um, so just, um, are there anybody here that was at the Chris Kilby session and that signed up to come and do some prophetic ministry later on? Just lift your hand so I can see who you are. Okay, so the creative guys, the other guys are thinking, who are these guys? Um, basically what I've done is, um, Chris Kilby, in one of the seminars, they did a session about sort of how to hear the voice of God and sort of prophetic stuff. And I thought... When we grab those guys and then bring them into this seminar for, at the end and to pray and prophesy over a room full of creatives, how about that? I thought it was a cool idea, amen. So, God empower us. So, um, so welcome uh, to this releasing uh, creativity. My name is uh, Monet and. Um, in case you don't know who I am, the, the reason they asked me to do this session is because my name sounded some similar to some sort of impressionist artist, French artist. And they thought, that will do. That's fine. You go do it then. So um, so that's why I'm doing this. Seminar, I'm joking. Um, so, you know, so creativity and this pursuit of creativity um, is. Um, I'm passionate about it. I'm not massively creative, I'm a bit of a musician and I do stuff like that. And I. I I've, I, I'm a preacher, and I think preaching is an art form in itself and something that you imagine in, in, in your mind, and then you produce it out in, in the open. And um, But I have a passion. I'm married. Uh, I've got two children. Uh, I'm married to Leanne and my wife. We've been married for almost 20 years in January, and I've got two young kids, um, Maya and Ethan, who are 10 and 8 years old. So um am going to say... Uh, well done for coming on this hot summer's day to this tent. Um, but you know, our heart—I've got a panel of guys up that's going to come up and speak later on, and we're just going to, if you want, muse together and sort of share with each other. And I want you guys to kind of listen in. And um, our heart here is for you guys to this this afternoon is just to start the conversation really about create the creatives in 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 as a, as a Christian. The fact is that you are a you're, you're a Christian, you have faith, and you have a lot of creativity about you. And it's like, how do we how do we join those two things together? And so we just want to start the conversation. Our, my heart, my desire is that at the end of the session, at least you feel slightly more inspired to kind of pursue whatever God has put on you. Okay? That is, that is, that's my heart, is that, that you might be thinking to yourself hey, I'm going to try this again, I'm going to go again, or to have maybe another vision of what you can actually achieve as a creative, okay? Whether it's in the church or whether it is in, uh, in, uh, in our society. So um, that's, uh, that's my heart, that's my desire. I just want a couple of book recommendations for you. Um, has anybody read this book, um, Imagine a Vision for Christians in the Arts by Steve Turner? Has anybody read this book before? Good book? Did you enjoy it? I think, if you haven't read this book, I want to highly recommend this book. I am basically just done. I've got maybe a couple of chapters left on this. And this is what it says, um, as a blurb in the back of this book. It says, um, Steve Turner, who uh, lives in London, uh, someone who has worked among artists, many Christian and many not, for three decades. He believes Christians should confront society and the church with the powerful impact um, art can convey. Uh, He believes art can faithfully chronicle the lives of ordinary people and equally express the transcendence of God. He believes that Christians should be involved in every level of art, um, of the art world, and in every area of media. Yet art and artists have not always been held in high esteem by conservative Christians. I think that's maybe why some of you are sitting here. Throughout this stimulating book, however, Turner builds a compelling case that if Jesus is Lord of all life and creation, then art is not out of bounds for Christians. Amen? Rather, it can be, can be and should be a way of expressing faith in creati- creatively, beautifully, truthfully arranged words, sounds, and sights. Okay? And so I would highly recommend that you guys get this book. And then another one, which I think is how Christians um, engage with, with with our society, in our culture. And this book, uh, The Creative Minority, um, is a book that I'm working through at the moment. And again, I would also again um, encourage you to read this and thinking to yourself, how do I, as a Christian, engage in society, not just in the local, local church? So... Um, Oh, that is by John Tyson and Heather Grizzle. You guys can grab it afterwards and come and have a look. Um, we will, as a panel, we will op- be open to c- uh, questions. If you guys have any questions later on, um, so you can just be brave and say, "Hey, I've got a question. I want it. Can you just can you just answer this for me, or, or something like that?" Okay. So uh, that is the plan. As a creative, whether you want your work to comment on our society and be a prophetic voice into the culture that offers another perspective, or if your creativity is focused on facilitating worship, whichever form that takes, both options require us to have deep imaginations. Okay? So one of the things I want to make sure that we, in this in this session here, is that we don't kind of focus too much um, just on how this is expressed in a local church on a Sunday morning. Okay? So uh, my goal is not that you run home to your church, your elder and say, hey, on Sunday morning right now, Mornet said we should have dance and drama and flags and all that kind of stuff every Sunday. That's not what I'm saying. That's not, I think, how you ne- necessarily have to express yourself. I think there's place for that. But I think I want us to make have a broader concept that, hey, whether you are facilitating worship as you as a creative or whether you want, as your, in, your, in your art form, to engage with society and comment on this world, I want us just to think a bit broader than just necessarily, How, what do I do on a Sunday morning with my poetry or, or whatever it might be, okay? So I'm gonna read this, but yeah, I, I read this one time when we did that church and it sounded like some manifesto I did, which was weird for us as, a, as a president, uh, but I thought it was really interesting. I think this is important. I did a seminar a couple of days ago on being citizens of heaven. And one of the key things is that we who are, if you want, Christians, citizens of heaven, who are bring a culture of heaven to earth, that is who we are. That, that is the lenses by which we should see everything, whether it's my work, my parenting, whether it is my church life, whether it is how I, whether I pick up litter or not. It's kind of whether I do art or not, how I do art. All of that should come through this lens that I am a citizen of heaven. I bring, I should demonstrate the culture of an unseen kingdom to a seen world. That's what I want to do. I want to express something of that unseen realm into reality. And if, through, if you see your art and whatever you might do through that lens, hey, first of all, before anything else, you are a citizen of heaven. And everything you then do comes through the lens of that. Okay. We must be those that bring a perspective and a voice that is different to the rest of the world. Artists, this is what Urban McNe- Mc McManus says, artists should be storytellers. The one who tells a better story wins. They should, be, they should be telling grand stories of God they serve and how noble he is, yet simultaneously beyond our imagination. There should be those who are courageous in telling stories of human suffering, greed, and joy, success, beauty, disappointment, loss, weakness, and pain. There should be storytellers that understand human behavior and comment on our need for love and our tendency for evil, greed, and power. They should be those that stand in the midst of darkness and shine a light of hope and a better way. They should be those that will display and point others to the glory of God. They should be those that make me feel more human. Remind me of the compassion I have in me. They should be those that produce in me a sense of wonder and purpose and dignity and awe. They should be those that open my eyes to the invisible. Isn't that, I, I love that. It's like, this is... a bigger thing than just writing a little picture or drawing or writing some words or something. Draw my gaze to something that's unseen and speak into my life, speak into our society of a better way. You know, every Christian in some sense is called to do this, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you think about it like this, we are the image bearers of God. So whenever anyone sees us and they say, hey, what's God like? Well, well, let's look at Emma. Emma's expression of who God is. You know, it's like Each one of us, if you want this, it's like we, nobody can see who God is, but when they look at you and I as citizens of heaven, they should look at us and say, oh, I see what God is like. I see something about his creativity. I see something about his beauty. Isn't it what Jesus does when the Bible says, hey, the perfect representative of the Father, Jesus, in flesh, walking. And so each one of us, in a sense, is supposed to bring this beauty of who God is to the world that we are in. To make known the kingdom, a way of life, a God that is unseen, to tell a better story. Erwin McManus says, artists are those that materialize the invisible. Isn't that cool? They materialize the invisible. If you're going to create, you have to imagine. And if you're going to imagine, you have to become comfortable with the invisible. You see, it's, it's amazing. He says this thing, that the human beings are the only species the only species that exists that can imagine something in their heads, and then they can think about it and imagine something that no one has ever seen in their lives before, and then they produce it and make it real. You know, this tent, however ugly it is, (laughs) someone imagined it, right? Yeah, actually, if we design it that way, and if if I imagine and draw it, those connecting points, they imagine it in their head, and then they had the courage to say, let's design this thing, let's build this thing. And so what happens is, another thing is that every, the human being is the only person, the species, if you want, that can stand and think about a future, what the future should look like, and then create it. We can create futures because we imagine it, and then we create it. And so the Christian artist is one of those that's kind of Go into the mind of God, go into the imagination of God, imagine what God, see what God's seeing, and then create it here on earth. Is this what God does, doesn't he? This is what Jeremiah says. Before, See, God imagines and then he creates. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. This is Jeremiah 1, verse 5. How is it possible? to know someone before he was born. Unless for God, the relationship begins while we are only an idea in his mind. Jeremiah, you were a dream in the heart of God, an idea in the mind of God, a manifestation of his, of his imagination. You exist because God uses invisible material to make all things visible. And I think this is what we do as creators we hear things, we see things, we imagine things, and then can I make it a reality? That's, that's what we do. That's what creators should do, right? God is the ultimate artist, as well I know. I think as many Christians here, yeah, we get our creativity from our ultimate creator, who imagines, and out of nothing, he didn't create something beautiful. You and I are his workmanship. So this is just, what this means in the world of arts and what makes us uniquely different to, to the created order is that we are the only living creatures that can turn our imaginations into reality. This is especially powerful when we realize that we are God's medium of choice. Listen to this. I love this. This is especially powerful when we realize that we are God's medium of choice. Because the created order reflects the majesty of God and declares his glory, nothing in the universe is more finely created or better designed for divine purpose than a human being. You are p- God's perfect medium to express himself and to re- reveal himself. God designed you that way. So, a couple of things I want to just uh, highlight for you this, this, this afternoon. The privilege and responsibility of Christian artists is to point to an unseen reality, the glory of God. Now, let me tell you a story. You know, in the Bible, there was um, when the uh, Israelites, they were captive in Egypt for like 400 years, right? And so what happens is God comes and he breaks in, you know, sorry, God breaks into their lives and then he takes them. They don't know this God they don't know who he is, really. They're kind of 400 years. This is kind of like maybe some story about a God. God then breaks into their lives through Moses, and he takes him into the, over the Red Sea, and he takes him into, this prom, or into the wilderness and takes him to Mount Sinai. And while they're in Mount Sinai, this is what God does. He takes Moses. Listen to this. He takes Moses, and up on Mount Sinai, God does this amazing thing. He, he gives Moses access to the mind of God. He says to Moses this thing. I want you to create something. I want you to build something. Something that you have never seen before. I want you to build this. Right? And this is what it says in Exodus 35. Let every skillful artist among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle, its tent, and its coverings. I'm going to go a lot of detail here just because this is what it says. You guys why is he reading this? Let's listen to this. It's tent and its coverings, its hooks and its frames, its paws and, pillars and its pillars and its bases. The ark with its poles, the mercy seat, the veil of the screen, the table with its poles. The lampstand also for the light with its utensils and its lamps and the oil for the light. And the altar of incense with its poles and its anointing oil and fragrant incense and goes on. The altar of burnt offering. And then it says, finally worked garment with ministering for ministering in the holy place, the holy garment for Aaron, the priest, and the garment of his sons for their service and their priests. Hey, listen, you're like, what on earth? Think about this. They've never seen what the tabernacle was, they didn't know what this thing was. And God gives Moses access into the very mind and imagination of God, into such detail about little hooks and things and all kinds of stuff right and it's like hey Moses gets access to this mind of God and he says I want you to create this thing I want you to build this thing I want you to take this thing that's in the mind of God that's not real and I want you to make it a visible reality materialize the invisible and then what does he do it goes and then he, sp- he speaks to the he speaks to the craftsman and they start to build the thing and what's amazing, this thing is supposed to be representing the very presence of God on earth. It's never existed before. It's a bit like Noah, right? Hey, Noah, I want you to build a structure. Um, it's about this size and this big and all these different things. And Noah's like, what is this thing? It's like, well, it's a boat. And I'm like, Well, we did not need a boat. Like, why? Don't fall a flood. Well, I don't. And it's like God gives Noah access to the very mind of God and says, Build something, make something that's in the mind of God. I want you to build it and make it real on the earth. And Moses does a similar thing. The very presence of God, this tabernacle, this thing that's supposed to represent who God is right there in the midst of the people. Who's supposed to gaze, put their gaze on, hey God is amongst us, yeah. He says, I want you to build this thing. I want you to build this thing. Art is any form, any effort to make something that could be an object or a dancing action or an action in a play or an object like a carving or a painting or a sculpture, or a poem, any action to make something that takes a special skill, resulting in something that is not merely useful or pragmatic, but moves us more deeply with beauty and wonder, touching our soul with a sense that life is more than food and drink. And John Piper, that's what John Piper says, its like this is what they do when they build this tabernacle. Suddenly they gaze and they, they know that God is among them where they were lost for 400 years, suddenly this structure represents God's presence right there. But it was in the mind of God. Second thing for creatives, I think, uh, let me just backtrack one second. So what the application there for me is, like, let your imagination run wild. Like, imagine things and dream about things you've never dreamt of. Year things that you've never might have heard of before. Like, I think they should be courageous enough to be able to say, I want to explore the mind of God. Like, I don't even know what that means. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what that looks like. But are we willing to, as creators to submit ourselves say, I'm not, I don't want to just create something. I want to, I want to explore the mind of God, the imagination of God, and then I want to hear stuff. And I want to see stuff. And I want to imagine a future, a different future, a different idea. And I want to try to pre- represent that on the earth. I want to encourage us. Can you think more wildly? Number two, Holy Spirit-enabled artists. You know to paraphrase at the end, you know what they do then is is that it says this, which is amazing the Holy Spirit even if you were in terry virgo's um session uh, at one of these sessions he was talking about um in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came on a few people, do you remember that, and he said that you know uh, on the prophet, the Holy Spirit would come, and then if if you want to know anything about what God says, you have to go find the prophet somewhere, and because the Holy Spirit's only in one person ever the prophet and maybe the priest, and maybe the king. But yeah, in this story, you know what it says? Amongst a special people, the Holy Spirit enables the craftsman to build what was unseen in the mind of Moses to be able to create it on earth. It needs empowerment of the Holy Spirit for you to do that. In like fact, I, I think that we should never underestimate the power and the supernatural, supernatural aspect of creativity. I think if we can tap in to that, where it's like Holy Spirit enabling me to do this. This is not just a hey, I'm just not exercising my talent here. No, I think what happens is this is what I think the beauty is. What happens often, whether you are a preacher or a creative person or whatever you do, is that I think God does this. He takes your personality. He takes your talent. And the Holy Spirit and those three combination form a partnership that's beautiful and powerful. And it's almost like God said, hey, this is how I created you. I've created your personality. Like this. I've given you talents. And then guess what? I'm going to infuse the Holy Spirit's presence onto that thing, blow onto that. And suddenly almost that partnership of personality and talent and the Holy Spirit becomes something beautiful. And I think so for you so submit your talent even and your personality to God and don't be afraid to let the spirit come and breathe on those things and see what you produce. Don't try and be someone else. In other words, be who God's made you to be. Okay. So I want to like I want to encourage you to come from a place of like to do your art, whether you are doing stuff for worship or whether you're doing stuff for society, come from a place of intimacy. Come to a place of intimacy with God. Be full on. Be focused. Pray and fast and worship. Be brave to create what you have been shown. Be brave to create what you have been shown. Number three, quickly. Teaching others. I want to encourage you. You know, in this passage, it goes on later on. It says, so the Holy Spirit goes on to these creative arts, these crafts guys. Only two of them. It goes on to them. It's such a privileged thing. And we know in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit goes on to everybody. So that's a privileged thing say, you guys are empowered by the Holy Spirit to create. What an amazing thing. And then he says this, you go and teach others to do the same thing. Can I just kind of encourage you, like, don't hide away your creativity. Like, grow in what God has called you to do. Do whatever God has called you to do, and then teach others to do the same. Can I just encourage you to do, to do that? Don't stop teaching others. Because I think what happens is we kind of hide away sometimes and we don't want to get involved and we kind of like, we'll stick in a little hole somewhere. I won't say no way. Like, don't hide away. Don't hide in the shadows. Come out and be willing to teach others as well. Okay? And then lastly, before we... um, I'm going to ask Emma to come and speak for a few minutes. We as creatives, I think, some of us many of us are called to be a, v- a voice in our culture. Now, do you know that on, while Moses is on Mount Sinai and God is downloading this amazing picture of, of this image, this structure to build, while they are busy doing that, listen to this, while they're busy doing that, the, the creatives, some of the other creative art dudes, they are down in the mountain building a golden calf. Something, a structure, a golden calf, which was like, hey, we're going to worship this thing. This thing saved us out of Egypt. Hey, we're going to worship this thing. This thing was, we're going to give this thing all the honor and glory because this thing brought us out of Egypt. And all they did was they just replicated an image, something that they know on from before in Egypt. They just replicated that. No creativity at all. And they build this thing, and people's gaze are drawn to this golden structure, and they worship that. And in the meantime, God's downloading a structure that represents his very image amongst his people. Can I just say, I think, I think, as a creative artist person, I think we should... Build structures that when we do things and we go into the mind of God and start to build stuff and l- l- hear stuff and do dance or whether we do you know acting or whatever it might be is that in that process it is you are taking the gaze of people away from the golden calf, my, my idols, my, the stuff I'm going to worship, the stuff that fits my ag- agendas, and what you do is you take the gaze away from that and you put it onto onto who God is the very presence of God. I think that is our goal. Did they see God a better way? This is why I think Owen McManus says, those who tell a better story win. It's like, what's the story we've got to tell? Surely we must have a good story to tell about a God who loves us, a God has come to show himself for us, that we are called to be these citizens of heaven, to be, if you want, cultivating a new Eden and extending the boundaries of Eden through our art. I think that's an amazing story, isn't it? Bring people into that paradise, and so I think one one of the things we have to do. I think what as when you engage into society, one, one of the things that this guy says, he says, stop giving mini sermons. That's don't worry about giving mini sermons all the time. But what you want to do is draw people's gaze away from the golden calf that they are worshiping and following and p- draw them into the presence of God. L- comment on our society. When want to talk about evil, talk about evil and explain how evil is. And we talk about good, talk about good. And it's about, but I want us to be brave enough as artists to not just think church, but to think kingdom. What is our voice in our society that we are living in? Amen? in closing for our lives to work for, this is um, i think owen mcmanus again he says for our lives to be works of art we need to allow a lifetime of work listen to this we must give the time to make us we must give god the time to make us works of art we must press close to god and allow both the tenderness of his touch and the pressure of his hands to shape us and mold us into someone we would not be without him If we want our lives to be works of art, we must be willing to take the time and risk the intimacy required for for creating an artisan life. We have to get close enough to allow the hands of God to press against us and to reform us. We each have a different art form. A different context with within which we live, our most creative life. The more you paint your life through the actions motivated by love, the more you will reflect the work that God has for you. Look at the people around you because everyone's swinging their brush and you're throwing paint on people who are in relational reach of you. Look at the canvas of their lives. Are you bringing greater hope and joy into their lives? Are you bringing meaning and intention? They, listen, you are both a work of art and you are artists at work. That's what you are. You are both a work of art and you are artists at at work. So, be willing to explore the mind of God. Be willing to be courageous in that. Be willing to be opening up your heart to the work of the Holy Spirit to empower you. Be willing to teach others. And be willing to engage in culture. tell a better story. Amen. All right. Emma, come on, come on, Emma, come on. Give Emma a hand here. (laughs) She's going to speak for a few minutes. (laughs) Just, Just give context of why you speak.
1: just had a coughing fit before (laughs) I was going to start speaking, so that's why I ran out to get some water. So sorry. And The reason why I've been um, asked to come and speak today, um, Mornay and I were just talking about this seminar, and I was saying to him um, that I have... Often throughout my life, had lots of creative cur- curveballs. So a sense of I have, a, a co- I know I've got a calling on my life to be creative, but what do I do with that? And I have lots of ideas and lots of visions and lots of directions. And I go, yes, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. And then God goes. Ooh! no you're doing this and then you've got to reassess yourself and you've got to go oh how does that work so and that's what he'd like me to just talk a bit about today and also involves disappointment and I know as creative people we can get very disappointed and we have ideas and those ideas don't necessarily come to fruition and then what do you do with those things how do you work with you and God how does that work and as he has given us creative minds so that's where my background that's what I'm coming from so when God throws you a creative curveball Um, One thing that I have always been able to do is be creative. I've drawn, I've danced, I've... um painted I've made sculpture I've been able to do pretty much if you give me something creative i have able to manage to do it which is an amazing gift it really is and through that I went right God I know what I want to do I am going to be the best artist you've ever made me I'm gonna have influence I'm gonna have significance and I'm going for it and that's what uh, my idea was that's what I wanted to do and and um, everything in me my desire was to bring glory to God and everything I did I wanted him to have glory and um, But the thing with that is that I thought that I deserved that position. I deserved that position because he has gifted me. Which you can work out, well, God has gifted me, so maybe I should be doing that. But I felt in myself at the beginning of my sort of design um, career that I deserve it. He has blessed me. He um, has given me these gifts. I should bring glory to him. But through my journey over the last 20 years, he has really shown me actually... That's not necessarily the case, and I just want to talk a little bit about that. So I give you my curveballs, and then I give you my blessings, and then the things that I've learned in in the way. Um, So a few curveballs. I was pretty good at most creative things in school, which is fantastic. My other... Bad thing about that, I was dyslexic, and I was like, "How does dyslexic and creativity work?" And I obviously, I know the part of the brain is bigger if one side if you're creative, and dyslexic smaller. Um, so I was like, "Okay, God, I've got dyslexia, so I thought that's that's fine. You know, you still give me the gift, so I keep going." And um, I did dance. I trained in dance. I wanted to go to a dance school in London. I was desperately. Um, wanted to go and do that, and I thought God will give me that because that's the desire of my heart, and He gives us the desires of our heart, doesn't He? Um, so I went and I had um, an audition, and I got into one dance school in Leeds, and the other one I really wanted to was in London, and I didn't get it because my dyslexia decided to totally mess up my dance. So when I was facing one way, I was thinking I was facing this way, and it just went totally wrong, and that really, really disappointed me. Um, my Within, within my degree, which I did sculpture, I did fine art sculpture, um, I want to display God's glory. But I went too literal. I was trying to work out the thought, the process, and the thoughts and the concepts with the visual. And I was trying to balance those two things. And I was trying to be too literal. So when we're talking about um, displaying God's glory, I literally was trying to display his glory by through, using flames or coming down from heaven. You know, you can laugh at that now, but it was pretty laughable. But I thought I was doing him glory because I was using images from the bible I was you know and it's me of course I was you know I was doing what I was supposed to be doing and um which was you know and I was really disillusioned by the end of it because I got a two, which I was so disappointed after doing so well through school and foundation and everything in college and then getting a two tier I was like oh, that totally destroyed me totally destroyed me and thinking I wanted to bring God glory and I was going to have significant influ- influence that wasn't going to, was it? I wasn't going to get anywhere. I couldn't do an MA. I couldn't really do much with that. And it just totally destroyed me. Um, and then because I needed to get a job, I was newly married. My husband was still at university. I had to work. So I started working for recruitment. That totally Stops your creativity when you 're working for recruitment, and all you 're doing is trying to get other people into jobs when you really want a job in something else. so it was really, really hard um, and through that, actually, I got a job in a jewelry design company, and I started jewelry designing buying jewelry for a design company. The first day I arrived, i went i don 't want to be buying, I want to be designing, so buying means you go and source the materials to source the jewelry, and then you put it into the shops. Two years later, after waiting, 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 I eventually actually started jewellery designing, which was great, and I loved it, and it was a great opportunity, but I was bullied in my workplace quite badly, so again, that was really hard as a creative person being bullied, Um, but also through those things, I learned about business, I learned about design, I learned about not holding things too closely to my chest, they weren't my designs, I was designing for a company to earn money, so it gave me a different perspective. And as we carried on, I decided to set up my own business. I was doing quite well. I got quite a lot of money for one particular weekend. And I was like, yes, this is what I should be doing. And I really felt very strongly. God said, nope, you should be doing something else. And I was just like, OK, you know, I want to give you glory. And, and having children stops your creative flow. I don't know if your mum's here. You go, how do I manage having children and be creative and do all that I want to have influence with? Um, and the last thing was actually the church's response to my creativity. Um, they didn't know how to handle me. They didn't know what to do with me. I was trying to go, this is what I would like to do. How do I do it? And they were going, I don't quite know how to handle you. Um, yeah. So that, <laughs> so that was it, really. And that was, again, incredibly hard to manage. I'm sh- I don't know if you found that as well. But through those curveballs that really affected me. They really threw me off. There were amazing blessings along the way. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you've been knocked off again and again and again, actually look back and you'll see the amazing blessings God gave you as well. And I just want to quickly run a a few of those things through. When I was working in a design company, I got to travel to China and to Europe, saw trend shows and design shows, which was amazing. I saw my own designs in shops. Um, I learned to love the church and know the perspective of what God's heart is for the church. Um, I hadn't needed to work because my husband now earns enough money uh, for me not to have to work. So actually, I can start to look at what I'm going to do next, which is amazing blessing itself. I'm able to dance again, which is, which is a miracle. It really is. Um, waiting for... A, about 20 it was about 15 20 years not actually being able to dance in the way that I really wanted to dance and suddenly I've moved churches moved towns and I found a class that actually feels like I'm set free again in dance and I feel like oh my goodness I can actually express myself and dance again which is really uh, a blessing and fantastic to um, when you feel like God's taken something away from you he does give it back again um, even if it's a long time coming <laughs> so the things that I've learned through those things that uh, have happened to me, um, I thought that I was defined by my creativity, and over these years I've learned that actually my definition comes from God first, totally from God first. And I've dug and dug and every time I've had a disappointment, I've dug and dug and dug. And God say, no, you say this about me, you say this about me, you say this about me, and I've found over the fi- you know fifteen twenty years that now I feel like. Oh, when I'm creative, I, it doesn't define me. I don't have to worry about what other people think, even though I do sometimes. Um, <laughs> um, I, I feel like I am more me. Now I know who I am in Christ creatively than I have ever known. And I just want to say that is so important as a creative person that your creativity will not define you, but god what God says first, and having your feet firmly on the ground on his thoughts about you first my value is in Jesus totally I'm learning to wait to listen and then do I have lots of ideas I want to plow in and go this is what I want to do I'm courageous I will go and then I find it really difficult Um, but actually if I'm waiting I'm listening I'm really going okay God I know you give me ideas but also I want to jump in and I wait and God is giving me those doors and opportunities as I slowly trust in him and and what um, has already said what God's role for my life is to colour people's lives to bring God's glory in whatever I do whether it's painting a children's classroom at school whether it's dancing on a stage in the local um, theatre which I've done last year which I'm, sure I'm doing in about a week's time which is very exciting um, whether it's doing that even if it doesn't have the name of Jesus plastered over the top of what I'm doing, I reflect all that I am through all that I do that brings glory to God and the colour of what I bring to other people's lives around me will bring glory and it does bring glory when I'm in um, in a dance um, class. I love it and I'm totally there and I'm fully for it. I laugh at myself now, whereas before I would have cried if I got it wrong. I go, it doesn't actually matter. All I'm doing is just being who I am in Christ and that... Make, gives me freedom totally to be who I am. So I know that we all get disappointed and I just want to uh, encourage you to look at the blessings through the disappointment, allow God to heal the disappointment which has happened. And one of those, disa- way to do, the one way to do that is to be really honest about your disappointment. Be honest with yourself, be honest before God, forgive God for not giving you the opportunity to be significant and inf- have influence <laughs> in the way that you thought you should and actually allow God to heal those disappointments. So, yeah, I hope that you can be encouraged firstly to submit your will to God, find your calling in God, be defined by Him absolutely first, and then everything else comes along. So, thank you.
0: Well done. done, Thank you. Thanks, Emma. That's awesome. Okay, uh, we're gonna go on to the panel discussion, which should be fun. Okay, you guys can come on up here and me um, move this stuff out of the way. Can we move your chairs a bit, f- bit more forward? Just so that um, we're not so far back. I'll sort of, uh, you guys just move it a bit more that way. A bit more, that's yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, so before we kick off with the panel, yeah? Um is anybody just does anybody have any questions for um so far from the talk? From from my talk or from Emma or um yes, <laughs> go for it. Emma, you mentioned about um the church what becomes in your creativity. How did you communicate that how did you ever that?
1: Yeah, um I think Oh, yeah, so uh, the question was, um, the church hasn't handled my creativity particularly well. How did I manage that? and how did I walk through um, into, into sort of finding a way through on that? I think um, I think find a space to be able to communicate with those who help shape the church and be really clear on what you're asking and what your vision is and what you would like to see happen. And then let it go. <laughs> let it breathe, let it take its time it might come back and it might not a lot of the time it hasn't come back and that is really hard um and ultimately it's god's church and you pray for an opportunity to come in and and help shape it and um and i do believe that the church is changing now and i feel now i'm in a position now that i can help influence the church so i haven't had many times i haven't had influence but i feel like that god does give you if you wait and you're patient and you serve the church well, and you keep your heart right, God will give you another opportunity, and another opportunity.
0: That's good. Uh, you want to answer?
2: No, no? no, no fine. Um, Just in brief, um, one of the things i found is, oftentimes, so a Sunday morning itself, is a bit of a narrow context, it's a finite amount of time, finite amount of things, so, see if there's a possibility to open up a new dimension, i am trying to talk about this a bit later, but just open up something completely else, so this will probably be at a different time, uh, there's some things that just don't necessarily, that there's certain ways in which they don't work on Sunday morning for example, this is a weird one, I hope you guys understand what I mean by this, but for example the example of dance, has anyone ever noticed it's much easier to dance when it's dark you feel a lot less self-conscious. I don't know why it is, there's no, I can't think of a biological reason, but there's something about dancing in bright daylight which can actually be quite intimidating. So if you're looking into that for instance, you might be like, okay, so maybe, as a sunday morning thing weird though it sounds this isn't the best context okay so is this something we can find in the evening um just trying to find a different um place see if there's an opportunity you can open up so rather than jostling for space like everyone trying to elbow each other out the way for a sunday morning see if there is an, a complete other dimension that you can open up like finding your own space rather than having to wrestle a bit of space off someone else maybe just as a
0: <laughs> <Of course>. <laughs> <laughs> we will go you, but then...
2: Um, yeah, go, seven, go for so it. You so go. Introduce ourselves. Introduce okay, so uh, my name's what David. Do you do uh, what I do... Well, I'm probably most known as a musician. That's what I do for work. I teach music. Um, but I'm probably on this panel. I mean, because I think this session is probably more I would guess for this sort of underrepresented arts it's not like oh man there's just so few opportunities for musicians in church mm, yeah so I guess I'm here because I mean I've set up a couple of 24-7 prayer rooms at, um, at Citygate this is in Bournemouth where I'm based um, which was a lot of art installations and various things like that I, I do photography and design and a whole bunch of other things so I guess that's probably why I was asked on this panel I guess um, yeah. but yeah that's me
3: Hi, I'm Rachel. Um, I think uh, I've been asked because um, I'm a writer. I love writing. I've written a novel and um, I like writing poetry. Um, but I'm also a mum of four, so I think that means I have to be really creative every day.
4: <laughs> Kids, my name's Christopher. <coughs> I, I trained as an actor and then I started a theatre company. I've, I've toured uh, our own theatre productions around the UK in both uh, theatres and in, in kind of local art centres. Uh, the Edinburgh Fringe and that side of things, and then also uh, in schools, and then also bringing shows into church contexts as well for kind of uh, inviting uh, get sort of guest events and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm a real kind of theatre guy, uh, writing theatre, directing theatre, teaching theatre, theatre, theatre. There we go. So theatre a lot, then I good theatre, right?
0: Only given us one. So, um, so um, when we talk about uh, church life, um, have you guys experienced any difficulty? But how do you, as a creative, do you feel uh, celebrated or do you feel tolerated in your church? (laughs) Okay,
4: there you go. (laughs) Yeah. No, celebrated. Um, I, I mean, um, yeah. Uh, so, so one of the shows that we we toured uh, started because. Um, I mean, I, as an artist, I'm often provoked by something being bad, and I think I. That could be better, a lot better, um and there's such an opportunity there for life for there to be life and something that um yeah that that blesses people that uh, makes be, expands people 's imagination and uh that can be something that is real, that brings real goodness to an event uh, um, whatever it is, so I remember we we joined the uh, the coin church in Woking, and then it was like a Christmas carol concert, and there was a um I hope none of them are here, but I, I mean there was a sketch that was sort of put together for the carol concert it was, it was I think it was probably a last minute thing, and I think some of the people doing it didn't want to be doing it, and so there's feeling of ugh, egg ugh. Uh, i mean i mean sarah's my wife is an actor as well, and we just sort of looked at each other and thought, we need to do something <laughs> on behalf of the church really <laughs> but, you know, um, but i think uh, theres serious a point of that which is like you've got to put yourself forward and say, you know you can't complain and we, you know, we have the gifts. We can't complain and say, well, someone else will do it. You know, that's, there's a burden there and God's saying, come on, get in. So, so I was provoked by that. And so then the next year I had, I had an idea for uh, a sketch, quite an irreverent kind of um, rendering of the nativity, irreverent to the kind of details that get added on to the Christmas story and reverent to the heart of it. And then, and Malcolm, who, who's just retired from leading the coin. Um, I think the best thing he did is just give space to that and supported me. Um, he knew it was edgy and it was risky. he knew some of the members wouldn't um, wouldn't like it maybe from a more conservative church background um, but he uh, yeah he just he just backed it and uh, it was really popular and then so the next year we did a kind of sequel to that and I started thinking, oh, I really like these characters; they seem to be really going down really well with the church. so they ended up being a, a full uh, uh, like a, a full scale show. It's called Nativity in Creek Bottom. Um, did anyone see it? It's, it's some coinies here I must have seen it. Had <laughs> it rammed down your faces? <laughs> um, and we toured uh, again. We toured theatres, schools, and some churches, and um, just people like Guy and Malcolm, just encouraging um, uh, us and just making space for us and inviting us in. What was the question? <laughs> so it's <yeah>, so, c- <laughs> celebrated by people just willing to take a punt. And, and people are willing to say, um, rather than I've got this small, tiny, specific little brief that I want you to come and f- whatever you do, I don't really know what you do, but can you come and fill my tiny little brief, uh, actually just saying, I've got a, I've got a slot, you know, can, can you do something? And, and then giving, giving us a space to work out what we wanted to breathe into that space and then supporting it and backing it and standing by us and, um, and yeah uh and a a little story so mark lander smith um brought us to do it in in camberley when he was still leading there and and it started to be advertised and we had a pr woman working with us and she started um kind of putting information in local press and that sort of thing and then uh mark lander smith said to me he'd been he had a sort of ecumenical meeting um in Camberley where he was like meeting with people from other churches and he was a little bit late and he walked in and there's was oh, something of kind of grumbling going on and, and it was sort of a heated talk going on and he said, oh, what's happening? And they said, well, it's terrible. It's terrible. There's this production that's coming in <laughs> to Camberley this Christmas and it is highly, highly irreverent. To Jesus, and uh, and it's being, and we're going to petition, um, and we, we're drawing up a petition. <laughs> and we're going to protest, and Mark is like, "Oh, that's actually us." <laughs> so yeah, people that just back you and and uh, let you let you push the boundaries. I've spoken for too long. There we
3: go. I think um, a lot of the time it can be starting small. So for me, I I will occasionally write poems for friends or people that I feel like I've got a prophetic word for. Sometimes by using our creativity to write out a poem, it will touch someone's heart more than if I w- waffle and ramble and can't quite get the words out. But often if we try and put it in a way that's creative, um, I think that can really touch people in a in a different way. The same with music, that can do that. And um, so I just think, so I, feel, I feel like we're celebrated um, in our church f- for being creative because you can do it in small ways as well as on the big stage it's not always thinking big stage it's sometimes thinking small okay we can um bless someone with a poem or i could draw something i've been given gifts of handmade gifts that have just really blessed me and i think um that sometimes it's thinking small um and just working our way with that
2: yeah i wonder um perhaps for some of you you know the uh the passage about meat offered to idols it was uh it was preached on a few uh, couple of mornings ago actually so the idea that you know so for some people it's fine for some people it's tricky so you know you're trying to accommodate the weaker brother i don't know if anyone in here ever feels like people are like oh yeah well they're really into poetry and drama it's a, it's a bit inconvenient but you know we're going to tolerate the the weaker brother you know we'll try and be really tolerant and you feel like people are just you know sort of tolerating you. i have to say in citygate has been you know generally really great but of course it's tricky it is a large church so you know i, I absolutely adore the eldership team there they are so humble those guys so i don't want to be joining a chorus of voices that's actually like oh you know going just like mornay said we're not advocating people going back and sort of slamming your fist in the desk, like why isn't my agenda right at the top of the in tray and so i was i was thinking about this you know this of like why does it matter is this just about us creatives say we should be more valued and we should you know we're going to push our agenda and I, re- God just gave me word as we were praying. We were in a rehearsal just with the Indian guys for um, for the stage. And it just suddenly struck me. It seemed so obvious that, you know, one of the main transformations God is doing in our lives is conforming us to Christ's likeness, yeah? Now, we think of that as a very individual thing. I am individually being conformed into the likeness of Christ. But we forget that that is also his model for the entire church. The entire church is also working towards the Conform to the image of Christ. Now, if you look at Paul's model of the body, again, that was preached on a couple of sessions ago, um, our church meetings as they are can be quite homogenous. They can be quite, you know, cookie cutter, quite similar wherever we go. And actually, if you look at Paul's illustration of the body, where there's all these different parts doing different things, you actually, when you look at the various of set-up of an average Sunday morning in any of our churches, or just most churches in the UK, we're very, very geared towards singing. Um, that's been the tradition for hundreds of years. And, you know, the syntax is very similar. And actually, I realized, like, when we expanded these different creative areas, we are actually getting closer to the likeness of God. We are actually representing his mind, like Mornay said, we are representing the body of Christ more fully. In the same way, when those creative dimensions are missing, we are missing portions of the body. And I said, like, that's why it matters. This isn't, this isn't a sideshow. The the poetry, the art, all of the things, all of these things that may feel underrepresented, like how can we use things? This is not a sideshow. This is significant. This is all of your collective contributions in here go towards getting the the church closer to the likeness of Christ. I absolutely believe that. And that's why it's important. Now, that's tricky because that is important. And so, you know, with that, there's that urgency. We're talking about there's that burden. It's like this has to happen. And with that comes the disappointment and the frustration, and I know a lot of us have probably experienced that. So yeah, there is this tricky tension. It takes patience, um, you know, I in For example, with the 24-7 prayer rooms, I asked a number of years ago. Um, there wasn't like out and out like, oh, no. But it definitely, you know, it wasn't quite a priority. And then Russ came back to me like about a year ago, quite unexpected, and said, yeah, I think we want to kind of go for this. And so I put in a bit of a brief of this, what we could do. And we did it. And it actually, it turned out to be really, there was you know, it was really well received. So, yeah, it's, it's tricky because you know, there's no... Magical solution to this. That it's going to take patience. A, a lot of the you know the boring stuff you don't want to hear. There's no like oh yeah just d- do this these three steps and it'll all no. It's going to take some patience. It's going to take some you know we're going to have to live with each other. But this is worth going for. This is significant. Please be encouraged that this isn't just like well maybe it's my agenda. actually maybe I'm trying to push myself forward too much. Maybe I should just you know not no no. The contributions you have to make are bringing the church closer to Christ's likeness. So please don't devalue that part. It is so so significant. So please hold on to that. Um,
0: Just one, one minute. How many of you here would say in your churches that you feel um, you feel like as a creative um, you are celebrated? Just left hand, you're thinking, I'm really welcomed into the space. Okay. So, I assume those of you that are not lifting your hands, you're not feeling very welcome just hands up let me just see if you think I'm not really feeling like celebrated at all okay uh, has any of you ever left your church because you weren't celebrated and gone somewhere else or very close to leaving? you know people who have it's it's interesting i have this feels like a confession moment um we have like a we have an actor. I should say we had an actor, <laughs> <in that laughs> and I'm I'm quite I'm quite a creative guy, and um and it's, it is interesting. You, you're right. They were saying and sometimes it's like how Sundays are like week in week out the same sort of thing often, isn't it? And, and and our creatives like particularly this particular actor. And I was going to actually read his email uh, to you guys, um, and I decided not to, but um just to show what he said. And and uh, and he was like. I don't feel like there's room made for me, you know, in the in in this church. And even though you might think actually um, you'd be great at doing an Easter thing for us, or doing a carol service thing, or something like that, what happens is often you just don't have. You're just not always thinking that far ahead. You think oh, I need to sit down with this, this actor guy six months ahead of time. It's like it's only like two weeks before. Hey, do you think you can do this? No, I can't. Um, but it is it is a sad thing if you as a creator feel like you haven't been able to be celebrated in that space and then to having to, to potentially move on. And I just want to say, I think one thing that Dave mentioned in another section we spoke earlier this morning was we have to get much more better at communicating our hearts to our leaders way better. Do, do you want to say something about that a bit more? Do you, or? Yeah, just have a briefly.
5: It's
2: it's one of those tricky things. I imagine... I'm, I know scientifically there's not a creative gene. I'm not actually saying that. But the the average psychological makeup that makes up a creative, it's not your um, Donald Trump, art oh, the deal, like The Apprentice. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the L ship. I'm going to sell them my idea. I'm going to sell it so hard. They're going to want 20 of it. Actually, we probably have the complete reverse. We're normally quite self-effacing. We're like, oh, I want to, but oh I know I'm not up to industry standard, and maybe I should just think... Unfortunately, I don't think there's a substitute for this. We have to be good at communicating. And it's, <laughs> it's not because we're not talking about fighting here. We're not, as I say, we're not talking about wrestling with your elders metaphorically or literally. We've just got to be able to communicate. Why is this important? Why, why is this going to benefit other people in the church beyond just ourselves? You know, communicate how, what value this can really add. You know, from scripture is, is good. You know, obviously making sure you're linking that up exegetically properly. But it's just, again, I don't think there's any substitute for it. And it may be tricky. Um, I don't like, yeah, you guys probably have this experience. I don't like sort of selling myself. That seems like a complete opposite. I want to just say, oh, no, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing. We're, some of us, we're going to have to get over that. Not, you know, that we massively build ourselves up, but just that we can communicate confidently, you know what, I and maybe I and this other group, we have something really valuable, which we believe we can bring, and this is going to really bless other people. It's just something I think we're all gonna have to get better at. So Okay, so the formula
0: question
6: is but like when we talk about a creative issue is made how we Sorry, I'm gonna give you a yeah, microphone so love. everyone can hear it. Okay, sorry. Um as a creative it's like almost a label, as in we're uh <coughs> what am I trying to say? Um as opposed to, I don't think it needs labels or like, or like, um, oh, I'm a, a leader so I can do something or I'm allowed to. I don't feel like we should necessarily have to come and ask, like, can I do so? It's like asking permission where actually we are, God has released us so I can, like I'm creative in lots of different ways. I wouldn't say I'm particularly, like, really, really good at one particular thing, but I feel like... There's nothing stopping me coming to church on an evening and worshiping and dancing and then just gathering, a- asking other people and just letting it happen. So, so I'm starting to dance at church. I'm stepping out myself. I'm not. I don't have to ask permission. But as we do, as we do it, it will be obvious because the spirit will move and it will. It will be obvious. It's like, do we need? To I don't really know in my spirit if i feel like we need to ask permission for the elders because actually god has given us permission and as we just get on and be and be creative and it things will grow naturally but i'm not i'm kind of like because i don't feel because i think we are released like
0: I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. no i do i actually completely get your question i think interesting um Is I think when we talk about kind of chatting to the eldership type thing, it's normally thinking something a bit more structured. So like, you know, can I do this you know artistic piece on a Sunday morning during the worship? You know, sort of sort thing in the sense of like something that is. You know, I think that's probably the kind of questions we're referring to. Or I wanna, I wanna do a sketch. You know, on Easter, can I come and do an Easter sketch and do something? I think that's probably the kind of concept. I think as artists, I think it's interesting. We were talking earlier, we have a we have in our church we have a um particular it was one particular lady, she's like waves her flags and stuff. And and some I remember speaking to this one guy and he's like, I can't believe you're letting her wave flags, you know? And I was like, that's not about me like allowing or not allowing. I'm thinking at one level I know her heart. I know that what she's doing isn't just like, Hey, let me wave my flags because I want to wave my flags. It's like for her, I know for her there's something prophetic. It's like I was saying to these guys, I remember one time I was I was leading worship I think and she had like five or six flags all like stacked up and um and she like I could see her kind of looking and kind of choosing the color very sp- specifically because it was like this color or this emblem on the thing was representing what we were singing about in that moment and and I remember at one point she stood in front of the church and she had these two flags and she made a cross and she just held it and stood there like with dancing and I was like yeah and it was kind of like something Something empowerment empowering about that. Something prophetic about that. And I think that's right. And I think, say, so if you dancing, I saw a guy dance across us the one day. He went dancing, and I was like, so I don't think anybody needs, I well, if you were with us, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you need <laughs> perm- permission to do, to do that. Um, but I do want to I I trust you. I suppose I, as as I want I want to trust war or why do you? Doing it? Because if you want to dance, you could dance in the back of the church. But I think I think about what they was saying, but like actually there are aspects where these creative elements are not just little nice. Oh, let me express myself because that's who I am. No, this is actually a contribution, a gift to the body of of, of the church in that worship. It changes the dynamic of the church and actually or worship. That I want. I want. To that needs to be invited in. I want that. So, so I remember. Um, some of you might know uh, Jeremy Riddle. I listened to a, a, a conference on Jeremy Riddle one time, and he said he went to this he went to this worship session, and he said it was crazy. I mean, like, if you th- if you listen to any of the Bethel stuff, you might think they're crazy. But he said he went to these these guys, and they were just way mad. They were crazy, crazy. And he said it was like it was almost like unsafe in the room because like you know it was like my kids were with me. I thought I'm not even feeling safe in this worship session. It's like crazy. But he said something changes in the room because people express themselves in a way that sometimes when we are very rigid and very cookie cutter, that I don't know if you've ever been in a session where somebody just expresses himself something different to the rest. It just opens up stuff, and everybody else just feels more relaxed and, and happy. And um, I think I think. I think that's
7: fine. You should do that.
0: Did you, did you have a question?
7: Yeah. I just wanted to take the opportunity to ask about uh, creativity in the spirit. Because often when we st- we step out in the spirit, it feels quite dangerous. And I was wondering if, I mean, you've probably all got examples of where maybe you've had like spirit-led creativity and things that, uh, situations and stories maybe.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Nice question. What answer
1: you thinking within the church context or just generally anything Um, i think it's dangerous to step out i think actually isn't it personally you're um if you step out from the thing you feel god is doing it's dangerous for you because you're making yourself vulnerable um and um you're making a statement aren't you i think when I've danced in church, I'm definitely making a statement, a purposeful movement, and um, that is risky because you are risking yourself and also the, the church. You are wanting to put an impact into the church, definitely. Um, that's not Pacific, but... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, go for it. I mean, I, I don't want to be pedantic with this. In terms of spirit-led, I guess what... What maybe we're thinking of is when it becomes slightly less of us and more of the Spirit. Um, I mean, I imagine everyone's experience is kind of different. I used to be very much of a mind of, that's like, that's your ideal. Oh, you really want to get to the place where the Spirit is really doing the stuff. You wake up and you like, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, more and more I've come round to the idea that actually maybe, and I don't want to put an absolute plant a flag, this is absolute or absolute, but maybe that isn't god's ideal for us you know we talked about we're god's hands and feet i, I see this a bit that most of the music teach I doing it I, most of the music teaching i do sorry is youth work and you very quickly learn that it's it's very tempting to sort of take the instrument off the other how is that no let me just sh- show you how it's come on past here yeah okay here we go so what you do is you do this and then quickly you see them sitting there without the instrument like oh and you're like, oh, that's not the way to do it. And I think God is a good father. And He's a respond- he understands that if it was down to us just letting go and letting God, I find that phrase quite unhelpful, actually. Because God designed us not just to be sort of incorporeally possessed by the Spirit. Like, he wants your abilities. He wants your personality. It's unique to, to you, to all of us. So I I personally have moved away from the idea that the spirit will take over and, and all of me will be lost. I think actually much more God's like, no, I, I could do stuff by my spirit and maybe sometimes he will, but I I want you as my child to do this because it'll be a learning experience for you um, and because I created you you know, completely unique so that you could do this. So I, just, I don't want to plant a flag exactly. It's all, it's definitely this and never this. But I would say I've moved away from the idea of the spirit really, taking over and so it's like oh i don't even know what i'm doing anymore it's it's more that actually god is giving us that space he's like you've got permission i made you to do this and i'm not like i'm not no wrong no not like that he isn't heavily sitting behind looking over our shoulder like no not like that not like that he's like just go right ahead that's that's kind of where i've landed on it
1: i think um i think we are full of the spirit anyway whether you are Uh, you feel the presence of God or you don't feel the presence of God and um, I think whenever I am creative I'm reflecting who God is whether... I'm painting something or not. But actually, sometimes we have to be really pacific to sit down and go, God, just work through me. Allow me to create something, reflects you right now, because I want to worship you. I want my creativity right there and then to be an expression of what you're doing right now. So I think there's different times, isn't there, when we do something which is natural and general to the people that we're around. Actually, you are full of the Holy Spirit. You are in power. You are full and you will express that. Um, and but then sometimes we do need to stop and allow God to properly work through us. And I think when we allow Him to do that, actually something really interesting happens. And um, um, and actually when you come back the next day, you look at your work and you go, "Oh my goodness, that was totally what I was thinking." But at the time, you ever never thought that that's what God was doing. So I think it is it's giving God space, knowing that you are created and full of the Spirit. I was just going to say that
3: oftentimes it's hard work as well. So the Holy Spirit uses us, but we have to put the effort in to learn our creative skills well and to aspire to excellence because um, we want to give God our best. And so working hard on our craft, whatever it is, is just really crucial to what we're doing. And once we know our craft really well, when the Spirit leads us, we're not fumbling because we've practiced and we know okay I've got this I can do this so I think the Holy Spirit can use us a lot more when we have practiced and we're working hard at it
4: yeah just off the back of that I think I think the the moments I look and think oh wow that um God you were really in this in this show tonight uh when um there's moments of improvisation and the the type of theater I make uh we use improvisation on purpose at certain points to uh reconnect with the audience um but sometimes out of emergency and i (laughs) i remember one performance uh so in this particular show i mentioned earlier that there were um uh, four male actors and one female actor and that was that was sort of linked to the narrative that they were an all-male company and they were sort of being infiltrated by this woman um and um and uh then so then at the start of the second act um there's a scene where she she uh is invited to be in their company but she's already made this false persona uh, as a man so she's now being this false man persona that she's invented and she's being herself and um she's uh sort of running off as herself and putting her own disguise on and then coming back on as this man um all in the conceit of playing the nativity so this actor <laughs> uh kate she had to, she's literally running off running on running off running on um and then um, but at half time uh she said to me i don't feel well and she sat in the toilet for the whole interval, and we're thinking, "Oh, let's let's get through the show and let's let's get a you know get get her home and get her well." Um, but she, <laughs> so during this scene of chaos, she's going off, going on, going off, coming on, going off, and not coming on. <laughs> and she didn't come on, and she wasn't coming back on. So then you're like, right, you know, and we all knew, we all knew she she didn't come on. Oh, and then she's probably throwing up in the toilet <laughs> backstage. So then this crazy I don't even know what happened really, but it was a bit like what happened, but this crazy scene just started where um, one of the actors wanted to be the donkey, and then another actor started to be a donkey as well. And they started playing a love scene as two donkeys. Um, <laughs> it was like riding of the donkeys and stuff. Um, and yeah, it all just got so crazy. The audience going, just falling apart, absolutely mental. And then finally, Kate appears looking, feeling a bit better, and we carry on with the scene. And yeah, you sort of look back and think, yeah I think God was in this. I think God was in this. <laughs> I it sounds ridiculous. It sounds absurd, isn't it? but but you know what we all that work, all the preparation, you can only improvise when you have structure and preparation and and you're ready to move and um and yeah, I, cu- I could thank God for that, and I could say you you brought joy in this place tonight um and and yeah, I give god uh, the holy Spirit credit for that, yeah.
1: no names then Um, I think my biggest frustration is the church's unwillingness to be messy they just seem to be want to be very corporate and slick and you come to them I I like to (laughs) I love the drama and I'm always going with ideas of drama and doing like scratch nativities and things but they say okay well you've got seven minutes it's got to fit in um, and already they've kind of squashed the idea because they say well you know we lo- need longer to prepare for Christmas and but I talked to them before the summer and it's just that kind of I go with passion but I don't it just doesn't fit with where our church is at and they want it to be very slick and very professional and they don't really have the enthusiasm to be a little bit risky and a little bit messy and that's how to deal with that really <laughs> it's very frustrating Uh, yeah I can understand that frustration that 's very hard, and um, it can be very squashing and creatively annoying <laughs> um i've i 've just been asked to um, run a Sunday morning meeting and we 're going to mix it all up and do lots of different press stations and we 're going to do singing and a little bit of speaking and that and all sort of mix mixing it all up um so could you think? slightly differently? Could it be done differently? Is there another way of approaching it? So you could include prayer, include a a speaking, a preach that maybe they're thinking of discipleship, and could you include the discipleship talk within a bit of drama on either side, or could you help create you? Is there another way around it? So it not being so, you feel so squashed, and actually work with the prayer team, work with the person who's talking, work with the worship team, and actually, um, come up with a whole rather than just that little bit. I don't. They, they mm. a bit. I yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you're just saying there's a little bit. They're offering a little bit. Um, that's really difficult. I yeah. I totally understand. But I just I pray that God gives you some creativity and and be able to work with others because then that's what helps make something work in a total.
0: Yeah, it's good. I think. Um, I think you just you just need to let your. Leaders know how you feel. That's important. You got to just lay it out there, um, and then and then let it go at one level. I think the other thing is this is going to un- be unhelpful. I think, but uh, I'll say it: is that, um, <laughs> is that it's funny. Um, sometimes people want come as musicians. Want say, oh, well, why don't we play jazz on a Sunday morning and you know all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, Sunday morning isn't your only expression of your creativity. You know what I mean uh, and, and I, I think as as you know what? D- don't throw all your eggs in one basket necessarily. I think there's there's opportunities to do stuff creatively everywhere. Like, you know, you build your own theatre company and, and you know you know what I'm saying? So um I think don't think that Sunday morning should be my only avenue of my expression of my gift, okay? Because it might not actually be. Because I think there are churches that might be at different levels, and you know, let's just be real. You're not going to have a drama sketch every Sunday morning. I mean, if you're going to find that church, that's going to be impressive. You know what I mean? Go to Go there. Um, but or don't. But uh, but but you know what I'm trying to say? So don't almost almost like put these expectations on your leadership and say, hey, Sunday morning is going to be this place. And I, I agree with Dave. There should be an, a, a variety of expression that should come over a rhythm of a. Of of weeks and months, I uh, completely think that shit. we should have poetry. I think we should have some drama. We should have some rap. We should have some dance or whatever, you know. Um, but don't don't make Sunday your like be end all space, okay? Um,
2: part of the tricky thing as well. I mean, I I can fill you on that one in terms of the time g- time gap. Just an example for me. Um, I mean, I've been doing little um, DJ slots just before the main. I worship. DJing as a format is quite funny. Uh, the number of times this always makes me chuckle. That not necessarily in church, just all around the place. Someone's like, oh, "We've got this like five minutes before we, we really get started. Could you do some DJing in that five minutes?" Like, you, you guys know what DJing is, right? It's it's playing songs. So you, what you're asking is, could I come to my equipment and then press play and let one song play, and then you'll get on with you know the real business? So I know it's tricky with the the timing thing. I think part of it, you know, you're, you're touching on something that. It's true. We, we need grace because unfortunately the church doesn't accurately represent this, you know, don't want to sound glib about this, but in heaven, all of our contributions in here will be fully realized, fully appreciated and magnified tenfold from what they are now. So we are in this frustrating place where the church doesn't accurately represent the full expression that's partly what we're looking to resolve over time, but it is frustrating having to wait for that. I'm just aware, you remember um, the account of uh, David bringing um, the ark into Jerusalem? He's dancing, he has this incredibly raw um, worship expression, and Michael, his wife, is watching, and um, she's just like, oh, face palming, this is too awkward. And I think it's worth remembering that Um, We will at different times. It's easy, you know, you look at, you know, Michael's response and it says, you know, she was barren for the rest of her life. She just couldn't get past this embarrassment of her husband, you know, going for it in worship. And I think on different days, we might be David on one day and Michael on another day. So for some things, for example, for drama, um, th- th- which was the example, you know, we're like, oh, I've just got this really raw expression which I want to give to God. And for some people, that'd be like, oh, yes, brilliant. And then some people will have a Michael response. That's like, oh, because you're talking about it not being corporate and slick. And that is, you know, that's a big balance that, you know, that's there's hours worth of discussion there. Like, how do we balance this in church between getting a good sort of visitor friendly, you know, the graphic design is nice versus a really raw Worship expression to God. It's it's hard, it's hard to strike that balance. But on other days, we ourselves will then end up being Michael. You know, someone will bring a prophetic song, say, and it will go on for a very long time and the intonation will not be very good. And in our hearts we're like, I wanna give a like oh well done. But on the other hand, I'm just feeling that Michael heart, just like, oh, please stop. This is just (laughs) too awkward. Um so I would just say it's tricky for different for, for some of us, on Sundays we'll be David. We've got that raw worship expression where we want to, I mean, it says David danced, you know, virtually naked. That was, he just, he just stopped caring. He was just full on for God. But on different days, we'll be giving that David response. And on some days, to different art forms, we'll be giving that Michael response. So, annoyingly, <laughs> it requires a lot of grace from all of us. And that's hard. I know it's not, it's, it is frustrating. I, I can feel you on that. But that's partly where we are. It requires, it requires grace
0: more questions, and then we're going to um, finish with some prayer. Okay. So, um, I think I'm going to come this side because most of the
8: questions have been on this side. So I'm on this one. <laughs> Go
9: for it. Uh, On the way here, I heard uh, somebody say, I was just overheard a conversation, and someone said, oh, I haven't got a creative bone in my body. They're probably talking to somebody who's in the room. And I've I've heard some of the people in our church say that this morning about this session. Um, And that maybe addresses some of the issues about why there's this tension. Uh, What would you say to that? But also, how do you engage those who feel they are not creative in this creative space? Presumably, it's not just owned by the creatives. (laughs) <laughs> um
4: so what I'm re- for me what I would relate that sort of question to is uh we, we're starting to make more and more videos in our church videos to advertise events and things um and for me uh, a video i mean it's, we're flooded with videos every day so it's going we're going to make a video it might, it might as well be funny um and daft. I mean, who really cares? I mean, otherwise, uh, <laughs> um, I honestly. I, I mean, you see the videos, some videos here, um, and videos at church, and and um, why not make it funny? So when when um, we we get a quite a bit of leash now, but I think it's this thing about communication. It's like building up trust with your elders. After all, you know we're in relationship with them, and. And we're helping serve the the mission and vision of the church. Um, and so they need to trust us and we need to trust them. And and as we grow in trust together, then um, we give each other more leash. That's just how relationships work. So when we had Terry Virgo recently at a 20s, 30s event, we actually advertised it by, um, uh, which Simon Fields is um, uh, our, big, our video guy. And, and we advertised it by... We pretended that we'd misinterpreted um, the message and that that John Virgo, the big break uh, presenter, was coming uh, to speak at Alive. Um, And so the, the whole, the first half of the video was about introducing John Virgo, and then there was a kind of text message graphic. And then uh, sort of correcting that it's Terry Virgo, not John Virgo. And so the second half of the video video is exactly the same as the first half, with Terry Virgo's cutout head <laughs> put onto the moving body of John Virgo. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I I think, it, but we've had loads of ideas knocked back, and we have little strategies now, me and Simon. So sometimes we'll we'll have um, the idea we want to do, and then we'll come up with a crazier idea. <laughs> <laughs> We pitch the crazier idea first. <laughs> that gets knocked back. And then we come up with another another idea that we had in the back pocket. <laughs> um, people need help. You know, it's help. You. You're coming back to your point, you know, you, as you said at the start, it's about seeing something um, and then making it. But, if you know, if we've seen it, my brain works differently to, to other people. So if I've seen it, then I've got to... I've got to think, how can, I, how can I get people on board with this? And how can I help them? I can't just expect them, just because I've had an idea, I can't expect them to be on board with it. I've got to h- try and help them, try and communicate why I think it's really important um, to, to do it this certain way. Uh, yeah. I,
3: I would actually say I've been one of those people who said, I've not got a creative bone in my body, because creativity looks different for everyone. And I think explaining to someone that writing a poem is actually creative. It's not always um, arts and crafts because I can't paint and I can't draw and I can't sew and I'm in a craft group and every week I just think, oh no, decoupage, no. Um, but I, ca- I can write. And so its if someone says that they don't have a creative bone in their body, it's probably just they lack the confidence to step out and say, oh, I actually I can do that. And um, so I think maybe it's... a, a an opportunity to encourage someone um, and our churches just need encouragement and members of our churches need to learn what creativity really is
2: i'm gonna be a little ambitious here um maybe you know if we if i i agree with the point earlier by labeling ourselves as creatives i find that exceptionally tiresome but it's a useful shorthand because trying to come up with a synonym for that just gets lengthy so okay maybe the people in this room or maybe not are the ones who will have the ideas first and hopefully if we can communicate these well we'll be able to gradually over time change church culture what I what I come back to is I say our churches okay pretty much all churches are geared culturally towards singing I think people forget that for people in the world that's really unusual like wouldn't it be really strange to go into like a normal office in the morning and maybe we'll gather around and sing Jerusalem for five minutes in the morning it is, an, it is. You forget, if you've been brought up in church, that getting together with a very large group of people and all singing, not in a football stadium, is quite odd. Yet in our church, we take that as completely standard, completely baseline regular. And that's been the case for, you know, hundreds, even thousands of years. We designed our churches architecturally so they acoustically work for vocals. What would it be like if we, now this is more of a Western thing I'm addressing now, if we designed our churches more geared towards dance as well? Well, our churches would probably have changing rooms, they might have showers. there might be all kinds of different spaces in terms of the hall um, i you know I talked about the you know light and dark thing. I find it a bit tricky dancing in the light. where i 'm going with this is that we as the creatives might be the ones who are first proposing these ideas. I think this is far too big for my lifetime to see this change, but actually. For the person who says, oh, I don't have a creative thing, I want the church to more accurately reflect all of these. So even if all the people who say, I'm not creative, they, I'm sure they'll still be fine singing on a Sunday morning. What if even the people who said, well, I don't feel like I'm that creative, what if the church was then, has place for everyone to be dancing? Possibly everyone to be doing some form of painting or some form of something. If these things were all a wide just Sunday morning normal, it doesn't, you know, we talk about creativity of birthing the ideas that aren't there yet. Sometimes, have you ever tried to do that thing where you sit in a room like, I need an idea. It's, it's as, sometimes it's as bad as trying to imagine a new color. It's blood from a stone. You just can't really do it. But I think my hope is that overall the church would come into a place where our creative expression goes beyond singing. And that the idea of dancing on a Sunday morning isn't suddenly this, woo wacky. Because it's, we've standardised singing, if only, oh, by God's grace, we could standardise dancing, standardise paints, standardise worshipping God with the enjoyment of food, standardise all of those things. There is such a more broad spectrum. That was, sorry, it's a bit of a scattershot thing there, but I hope that made sense.
1: Right. Um, just uh, quickly, um, I would say to somebody who says they're not creative, do you work with spreadsheets? That's a creative thing to do. Are you a scientist? That's a creative thing to do. I think everybody is created in the image of God so that we are creative, but we're just given different skills to create different things and then not necessarily work with paint or wood or words. or, you know. I think we all are creative um, and it's the perspective um, of what creativity actually really is. That's good.
0: Um, we so we're going to have to finish, guys. Sorry. Um, it's interesting... Um, it's it's very it's really helpful you guys, what you guys are saying about how you define creativity. And um, Erwin McManus in his, in his TED Talk, I was going to show a TED Talk, you guys if you want to look at it up, look at um, The Artisan Soul on um, TED TV or TED Talks, if you ever look that up. And um, he says one thing that, you know, when we were two years old, we were able to um, master English as a language. It's like before you could really even walk properly or before you can even get your CV out to get a job somewhere, can you guys hear me again? Um, You had this ability at two to be able to master any language. Even if they took you and put you into Korea or to China or whatever, you would just learn that language. And he says, uh, it says now if I ask anybody here who's amazing at linguistics, you'd be like, nah, not really. And he says we've forgotten how amazing we are as humans, at uh, two, we are able to pick up languages no matter how complicated they are, even at the years of two years old. And he says, as creative people, uh, those created in the image of God who have the ability to create, to imagine, and to dream, he says, we've just forgotten that that's who we are. That's what we call, we are supposed to reflect who God is because our God is a creator God. And in our very essence of who we are, we are creative in all manners of ways, and we've just forgotten. And, and it's the challenge of saying, you know what, I'm willing to explore that again. I'm willing to try that again. I'm willing to just at least um, be courageous and, 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 and take some chances and take some risks along the way. Okay, so um, what we all, I want to do is, m- can we all just all stand together? It is now 3.30. Um, thanks, panel. Can we just give the panel a hand for their uh, time? Awesome, well done. Um, now, uh, those of you who came here for the prophetic stuff, who just, came, just see your hands because I can't remember who you all were. Has any of you guys got any words of knowledge or a picture or anything like that you want to share quickly? All right. If you've got that, come on to the front here right now and um, open up, up your hearts and minds. Emma, you had something as well. All right. You got words and pictures? All right. Okay. So... Okay, so what we got here is this this is a moment for you guys. Talk about risk over success. Okay, so as a creative person, you need to do the risky things. I don't know why that's buzzing. Um, And sometimes it's going to go great and sometimes it's not going to go great. But the fact is that you tried. So these guys are going to try some stuff about what they heard God might be saying uh, for you. So respond quickly if they might be asking you to do something. Okay, so um, keep it short because we haven't got a lot of time.
8: Hi, so, right, first of all, I've got three things, but firstly, um, we talked about earlier about kingdom people, and I believe there's some people here that you're expressing in art is through the journey of life, getting to heaven, and I think God wants to transform that, that you experience kingdom, and therefore your art is about your inheritance of sonship, not the journey to the the uh, reward of um, receiving the kingdom when you when you pass on. The second one is, um, I think there's some people here that you're really frustrated about not able to express your art or your creativity. And therefore you feel that you can't go back to God and receive more of him on a daily basis. Behind us it says about, give us today our daily bread. Because you feel you're cheating him, because you haven't co- implemented fully what he gave you before, and I believe God wants to remind you to receive daily, regardless of a- if you were able, to, if you were fully able to implement that, because He wants you to receive from Him. The focus is about Him being our Daddy, and then out of that, you then were able to um, give your. Uh, expression of that. And finally, I believe there are people here, as we spoke about earlier, that he wants you to move out of wanting to express yourself on a Sunday context into the community and also teaching as well, teaching your gift that God gave you in night schools or in community groups or after work, so that the the element is about expression And then you can then work through that to people and explain why you how you got that expression and how you can actually get that tool from God to make it a godly expression.
0: Okay, great.
9: So just stand over there on the side. Okay, next. Thank you. I'm not that familiar with using prophecy, but uh, Chris Kilby said, celebrate the attempt, so this is the attempt. As Mornay was speaking, I had a clear sense of uh, waterfall and um, big, thundering, massive waterfall, but then a small waterfall, one of those tiny ones you... you. F- Trip over as you're on your way at the mountain. Just a tiny trickle. Uh, and I, the, the picture there for me, I just ask God, what, what's, what's this about? Yeah, sometimes the waterfall, the creative waterfall is massive and it's huge and it makes an impact and people notice and you become a person of influence maybe. But sometimes it's tiny and it's a trickle. But that waterfall is the river of God. And whether it's the river of God or the trickle of God, whether it's a big thing or whether it's just a tiny poem you've written for one person or a tiny thing you've made for somebody, it's still God flowing. So be creative. Let God flow through you into people's lives. Right. Uh, for me, it was this tent. And I think um,
8: two, two points. One, I think some of your, teg, your, your tent pegs are in the wrong place. You're, you're in the wrong position. And I think God wants you to lift those pegs out, tent pegs out and move yourself to a more... Creative, if you want, situation, and some of you, I think, you're just too small, and he wants to make you larger and enlarge you through those ten pegs.
0: Okay, great. Next, go for
6: it. Hi, um, this isn't very specific. Um, I've kind of got a whisper of a, an idea, a picture in my head, but I think that through that, God's trying to wants to release those of you. Who have ideas and, um, and a, a desire to create um, for him. And he, but you felt that you can't, and I think he wants to release that creativity today.
0: Great.
10: Awesome. Yeah. Hello. I know, I get it out. Okay, so I'm not a creative person, I'm not a prophetic person either, but what I'm hearing is tender. Vulnerability about being a creative person, your disappointments, and the isolation, maybe for some that brings. And at one point, God gave me a picture. I was in church, and they were talking about some event or another, and I was thinking, what can I do about this? What can I do about this? And God showed me a picture of a page with an I on it, the letter I on it. And as I turned another page, the letter I was standing next to other letters, making words. And then I turned the other page, and the letter I was in words, making sentences, and the other page... And the letter I was, in words and sentences, making paragraphs. And as I look closer at the next page, it was a document. And it was a document about um, the abolition of of, uh, slavery sort of way back when. And it just... God said there's an eye there. There was an eye, a chap called William Wilberforce and others, who stood out and bought change. And this is just to encourage you. You are change makers, so stand out and bring your change. Amen.
0: That's great. Well done.
5: That's awesome. Take care. So firstly I saw a songbook, a new songbook, and I feel God saying he his opening up a new songbook through the people in this room. And it's not the song singing song song songbook. This is a new method. This is a new way of worship. It's a new way of expressing and glorifying him. And as with new songs, when you start leading new songs in a church, people don't know the words. They will find it tough. And I've come from churches that they don't like new songs at all. The creative, you may find it tough. You may find it challenging. But keep at it as God keeps using you to, to express him more. Keep into it. Keep keep looking at that new songbook. And then the next thing, the next word that I got, um, is there anyone here called Laura? Any Laura's or Laura or you know a Laura that's creative? I, I had two pictures. I had the name Laura, and then I just saw words written on a sheet of paper, surrounded by beautiful artwork, and I felt God say, "Her words are surrounded and clothed in beauty." So I d- just asked you to pass that on.
7: Um, so yeah, as I walked up here, I saw a picture of a skateboard. Um, so the first thing I want to ask is, is, is a skateboard relevant to anyone in any way? Um, does anyone skateboard in here? Um, and if not, that's okay, because I feel like there's like a general word in it as well. But I just wanted to test to see if it was a specific thing. But no, cool. All right. Um, so I feel it's a word that speaks to the, the creative process. Um, because there's a guy called Rodney Mullen, and um, he is known for inventing... Uh, skateboard tricks Um, like he was quite popular and well-known in the 90s and stuff and um, uh, I saw a video of him recently and and it was kind of uh, him creating new new tricks basically Um, and it was just interesting in his process because he was by himself and there was a lot of falling off (laughs) And, and it's painful and it hurt. And I used to skateboard when I was young. And, you know, when you're trying to learn a new trick or trying to create a new trick and the process of falling off and getting back on, like, it's painful, you know. You can get scrapes and bruises. You can even break bones. Um, but I guess it's a word to persevere, a word to um, just encourage you in that process that, you know, e- even if it's painful in the, in the creation, actually keep your eyes focused on, on the unseen, what you 've seen is worth pressing through the pain it 's worth pressing through the the mistakes and the falling off and the scrumps uh, the scrapes and the bumps um, to, to manifest what you see um, because yeah because it 's worth it so great
0: awesome thank you <laughs>
7: right.
3: Hi, as we came in, I saw this lovely young man doing a painting, and he nipped out to get a dandelion. And I thought this dandelion, it reminded me of when my kids were little. We had a standing joke. There are two types of dandelion, Mum. I said, no, there's, not, there's only one dandelion. It starts as a flower and then it goes to the seed head. And I just think that there's an encouragement that you start as your flower and as you grow and get your roots down, you turn into this seed head and then you infect other people with your seeds. Oh, wow. And Katie, I think that's partly for you.
11: Hi, um, I have two. Um, I have one picture this morning and three songs in my head this morning. So I've never painted. I don't know how to paint. I couldn't even draw an apple, straight line. I, I, I just can't draw it. So this picture is a house. So on top of the house, rooftop, there is a light bulb. It's a very normal light bulb, but just very giant size. So um, <clears throat> this picture is like, um, I, I think God wants to remind us or remind me, no matter how your houses look like, He wants that light bulb to shine, no matter daytime or nighttime. So it's sort of a reflection of like, we, we, we are Christians, so we, we, go, we got to shine in different situations. And another one is three songs. I think um, God has been um, putting some songs in my head every time when I wake up in the morning, I was like, oh, that's the song, so I'm going to sing it whole day, like entire day. So basically the song will stay for one day or two days in my head. And basically that song speaks speaks to me like um, for that period of time and it help, helps me to grow. So this morning, the particular song was, um, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. So um, for me, it it speaks to me more when, when it's through song. So I think God wants to say to us, No matter what kind of expressions you have, painting, drama, theatre, singing, or cooking stuff, God will speak to you through the way you feel is closest to you. So I think God definitely knows each one of us very, very well. So I think since we want so much to express our art, our talent to God, He wants to express His best to us through the way we express the best as well yeah, yeah. thank you
0: thank you thank you very much <laughs> okay
11: um
12: <coughs> I've, i'm not part of the pray team i just got a word okay. um <laughs> sorry um so the lord i'm literally going on a journey myself and it's just an encouragement the lord i just keep hearing him saying start from the beginning and i get a sense that there's some people here that god has given you a really amazing idea but it actually scares you a bit and you're a bit like, oh, I don't, I don't really know how to make this happen or what this will look like. Um, for myself, um, I went to the Father's Heart Conference, and what was said to me was, um, I need to start using my voice. Um, and I write, like you, I write poems. And I'm, um, God told me the morning before the conference that I was going to write a book, and it freaked me out because I thought, oh my gosh, how do I do that? I've started, and I'm doing bit by bit, awesome. and it doesn't. I don't know what it's going to turn out like, and I don't. I, I'm not trying to put an expectation of or put a it in my head of what it's going to turn out like i'm just going in the process with jesus and so i feel like the lord is just saying to you if if this speaks to any of you like start from the beginning start where you know you can whether that's picking up your pen whether that is just literally expressing yourself through dance and coming up with some moves and just let let it naturally happen because it will and i think the outcome will just blow your mind right,
0: Awesome. Okay, um, thank you. So uh, we are very late, and what I want us to do, if, if any of these words have resonated with you, with these people in the front, can I ask you just to come to these guys and come and just stand with them, and they're going to pray with you? Um, and then I'm just going gonna, gonna to close in prayer, and you guys can go and have a wonderful time. But if there's any words resonating, why don't you guys come and talk and stand opposite that person, and they will pray with you. Father, I just pray right now that um, for this, what we've done, uh, we thank you, God. I pray, would you empower us, Help us to be courageous. Uh, Father, I pray that you help us to seek your mind and explore the mind of God and to be courageous and bring what you've shown us, uh, whether it's in uh, the workplace, whether it's in society, whether it's in the church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.